Big Red Revival. All right, welcome into the Big Red Revival podcast, season wrap-up. Well, Zach, uh, another Husker season's come and gone, um, and unfortunately, I don't even think in our worst worst uh, nightmare that uh, we could have predicted how this season would have went. Uh, Nebraska finishes with a, a uh, in Husker fashion, another blown lead to Iowa, a 21-9 fourth quarter blown lead to the Hawkeyes to push that Losing streak to seven to the our team, our rivals to the east, um, and dropped us to a mind-boggling three and nine on the season. And like I said, if you would have told me three and nine before the season started, I would have bet the I would have bet the house on it that uh, Nebraska would have would have hit the overs on that. But um, you know, and I think especially after that Northwestern game where we thought that uh, things were starting to click and uh, Nebraska maybe had turned the corner. You know, you go out and beat the defending Big Ten West champions 56-7. to seven. You're, You know, you're thinking that uh, maybe things have turned, and, um, you know, and unfortunately that, that was the last victory of the season for the Huskers, finishing with one victory over a Power 5 team this season. Um, so, Zach, uh, just kind of general overview, you know, here's another season that's come and gone for Nebraska, another wasted season, another – just uh, disconcerting effort from the Huskers we've seen all season. So uh, what's your general thoughts on uh, how, how the season played out? Yeah, I don't know if it was necessarily that um, what you said um, lastly there, I I think that the, um, you know, the effort was there. I think that, you know, we, we did show a lot of fight, but unfortunately, you know, it it turned out to be the season of what if, because, (laughs) you know, we, we were in so many games and, you know, we've, we've beaten this story to death, but how many close games were we in and all of these close losses and one possession games and things like that. And it was, it was almost comical, you know, to an extent because of the ways we would figure out how to lose games. But I think that's right. main, that's, that's the general, you know, theme of the season. However, um, as far as the Iowa game goes, you know, I went into that game, not really expecting much. I didn't understand the line <laughs> and, how you know I, I understood where it I, where it shifted after the original start of it when Martinez was was ruled out, but then it went back to us being favorites and that that, that was kind of mind boggling and and even even when we we did have the game in hand it just still didn't feel right as as most of the games this season went but you know seeing that we didn't have Martinez or JoJo or a lot of pieces that kind of carried us through this year somewhat you know. Um, right. It, it was it was kind of a good thing to see that we came out and still showed that fight, but at the same time, three and nine's never gonna never gonna do it. So <laughs> it's it, right. I mean, I'm trying to be positive here, but it you know halfway through somebody the season, needs to because I sure the fuck ain't. I, yeah, I, sure I know it's it's no, like just, after <laughs> after that Michigan loss, it just felt like you know we couldn't catch a break anywhere. And it was it, it was a very very frustrating season, and it's it's kind of nice to see it go now because now we can just sit back, watch college basketball, not Nebraska ball, but college yeah. basketball, and then you know the bowl game slate and everything, and just enjoy that. But man, it, it was it was a painful season, and I 
I, I'm sure we're going to get into it, but it, there's just not a lot to look forward to for next season either. And so aside from no. the schedule, because it seems to be pretty favorable for a good team, I just don't know that we'll be that. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, just kind of back onto the Iowa game, um, you know, uh, I journeyed out to the Iowa game or down to the Iowa game. Uh, just, you know, the one thing that I will say uh, on the positive note is uh, Nebraska got a nice slate of weather games at home. I mean, you know, all the home games were beautiful weather to get the, you know, historically the Iowa, Iowa game is the, you know, the rainy, the yeah. sleeting, the ice, the frigid weather game. Um, and I believe it was about 65 at kickoff Saturday. So San Diego, you know, I didn't, Big Ten. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to, uh, you know, waste the last Saturday of the football season sitting on the couch and then not to get out and enjoy that beautiful weather. So um, actually went down to the game and uh, obviously, you know, like most people, Logan Smothers um, got in there and he, he kind of was exactly who I thought he was going to be. Um, you know, the guy wasn't going to get in there and seem overwhelmed. He was going to be a quick decision maker. Um, obviously, the quarterback run game was going to be a big part of it. And he showed that early in the game. Um, you know, Nebraska's got this special ability to, uh, you know, obviously the special teams has been an absolute nightmare. Um, but I think it's the only team in any sporting sport that um, obviously this block punt happens in the fourth quarter. You know, Nebraska's up 21 to nine, uh, feeling pretty decent. You're like, oh, you know, these guys got to score three touchdowns to beat us in the fourth quarter. You know, they um, and the block punt happens and Nebraska is the only team in any sporting event that can have the lead in the fourth quarter with the ball and no one in the stadium believes they're going to win. And it's including like, them, like another team, like, and everybody knows that this is not going to happen. You you're winning at home with the ball in the fourth quarter and you have no shot at winning. Like that is, that's, that's something special. It's like when something like that happens, it's like popping a big red balloon. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. You know, as we used to say when we played, uh, you know, college football, Uncle Mo uh, fucking switch, switch uh, sidelines after that block punt happened. Um, Just, you know, you know, it's just historically they find a new way to get beat every single week. It's either, you know, he punted to the exactly wrong side of the field or the this protection didn't, you know, didn't slide the right way. And a guy got through and got a pump block, not only a pump block, but straight up in the air caught and returned for a touchdown. And that just, I mean, the st- everybody should have just left then. I waited a little bit before I left. I definitely got out of there before Iowa got the lead because um, as I s- told the, the guy sitting next to me at the game, I go, I've seen this movie before. I'm going to go ahead and try to get out of here and beat traffic. Yeah. Um, so I got out of there while it was um, still a tight football game, which, is is embarrassing for I guess maybe myself more it's more embarrassing for Nebraska for a a fan as big as I am to leave the fourth quarter of the last game of the season a tied ball game just because you already know what's happening you mm-hmm. already know what's going to happen it's just a matter of you know <laughs> how it's going to happen how it's going to end I mean Nebraska was what driving with the ball to tie up the game and and no one in that stadium thought that oh this guy is going to Logan Smothers going to take us down the field and we're going to tie this ball game up take it to overtime it was just I don't know man it's just um it's just a lot and it's hard to watch and it's hard to root for um I don't know Well and it I just, think the I I think uh you know go, on the Logan Smothers 
um, thing is, you know, that he made the big mistakes at the end of the game, just like Martinez would. And, you know, it was, it was like he was Martinez Jr. Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't quite as skilled. He did all the right things. And I think that they called a perfect game plan for him in the first half. Just, yep. we ran the shit out of the option and, and they, yep. and they had no answer to it. And then I remember I, I, I did watch it at home and they uh, interviewed Scott Frost at, at going into uh, halftime. And he, he said something to the reporter saying that, Oh, we're going to have to uh, open it up a little bit in the second half. And it's like, <laughs> why you, you guys are dominating this team. Why do you need to do anything different? The option is right. already a hard enough play to stop. And you have a guy who is a, uh, a natural a runner burner. quarterback. Why do you go away from that? And and it showed we did go away from it. You know, we we stopped getting tricky with the with the option looks and the and the packages, and we started throwing the ball downfield or running with our incapable running backs, and and it bit us in the ass because we couldn't control the clock like we did in the first half. And so, I mean, we we were asking to lose that game when we came out in the third quarter. Yeah, you know, and of course the chatter after the game was, you know, uh, you know, well, what if uh, Adrian was playing? <laughs> and I, I said, same, same result. I said we'd have just blown a bigger lead. <laughs> Fucking, that, that's it. We would have, we would have been up thirty-five to nine going into the fourth quarter and blown that lead. Like that's, that's what would have happened. It would have been, it was the exact same story. It was just like, yeah, yeah we would, maybe we, would have had a bigger, we did it eight bigger other lead. times that, this year. <laughs> Right, like I mean, I mean, we did honestly, eight times already up to that point. So, yeah, how do you think it's going to be any different? Yeah, ex- exactly. It's it's almost like an institutional thing. It's like people think it's Adrian, and clearly he's got his own shortcomings. But I mean, Logan Smothers plays a really good game. Zero turnovers for through three quarters, and in the third, in the fourth quarter, in crunch time and and nut cutting time against your rival, you turn the ball over three times. You had a fumble. You had a safety, and you had a pick to end of the game. Yeah, how do you how do you go the whole game with no turnovers, and then and crunch time with the lead? You have three turnovers. It's I'll tell just, you. I'll tell you. It's a Scott Frost thing because if you remember, uh, what was it a year ago, two years ago, when Luke McCaffrey was starting to, I'm, I'm sorry, little Luke um, was starting Lil to get Luke. in the mix. Um, I, I I said it then. I was like, they dumbed down the playbook when he came in, so he looked great because he didn't have to make reads and have to do all this. He was just going out there and doing his thing and being an athlete. And that's what that's what Smothers was doing in that first half. And then for whatever reason, with, with a lead and momentum going to Big Mo going into the second half, Frost decides to change it up and do something different. Right. And yeah. he said it. It's not like he had some of his stand-in assistants come in after the game and say it for him. Like he said it ahead of time. So it's like I don't I don't know what he's thinking, but I couldn't be happier about the fact that next year we'll get into it, but next year he is going to step down from play calling and hand it off to somebody else who, who maybe will understand the situation a little bit better and know how to like get a lead and hug it and hold on to it and not let it go. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it gets, I think one of the, you know, one of the mainstay podcasts here in the, the Husker nation, um, you know, called it quits coming into this season and, you know, I, I, I just totally get it. Obviously, we've been a little sparse at the tail end of the season on our podcast recording. It, it's just hard to talk about these guys. It is. I mean, just like, honestly, I just feel like, honestly, just making like a a, dra- a draft and like 
you know, insert whoever team name we played and then just fill it in there. And because it's the same thing every single week, you know. Well, yeah. And at one point you have to think about the golden rule, too. It's like if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Hence why we took a little break. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, then, you know, people like, oh, you shouldn't you shouldn't say anything bad about it. It's like, listen, what aspect of life is it only okay to give people, you know, hugs and, you know, credit? Like what what aspect of that work? in your, you know, your home life, your, your wife, it, you, like, you can't criticize anybody. You can only, Hey, go like my post and follow me and come to the game and spend your money on me and root for me. But don't you dare say nothing negative about me. It's like, I don't, I don't subscribe to that notion. I mean, well, and they all do when they, out there. they all do when they sign up for this. Yeah. They, it's like, you know, they, they want you to do everything, but then they don't want to take any of the negativity. And it's like, obviously there's people out there that, you know, take shit too far and get personal, but it's like, listen, if you're criticizing them, their performance on the field, it is 100% in, in bounds for me. It's you fair know. game. Yeah. For it's sure. absolutely fair game. It's absolutely fair game. Like, yeah. Hey, come, come, come cheer me on and buy my products that I'm selling you now and spend your money, your hard earned money to come to the games and travel to the games and you know, all this shit. But uh, you know, if I fucking play like dog shit, don't say anything bad about me. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. That's that's not how life works, man. That's not how life works. So, mm. but it's just uh, you know the the only beautiful thing about uh, playing on Black Friday was um, being able to sit on the couch and enjoy Rivalry Saturday all day. And you know it really after seeing the Nebraska game, Nebraska Iowa game Friday, and then just being able to sit and I I honestly sat on my couch from about nine thirty a.m till um, about 1 a.m. that night. I mean, you started with the Michigan and Ohio State game. Awesome game. Great game. Great, great game. I mean, Snow just, game? You kidding me? Yeah. Personifies Big Ten football. I mean, it's snowing out. You have two historical arch rivals. You have Michigan finally stepping up and getting that nine-year drought off of their back. Um, just an, an awesome game to start the day with. It was most uh, watched game of the season, college football game of the season. And then followed that, then you had the Auburn and Alabama game, uh, the Iron Bowl, also a great game. Mm -hmm. Goes into four overtimes. Alabama finds a way to squeak it after being down 10-0 in the fourth quarter. New overtime rule is trash, by the way. New overtime rule is horrendous. Yep. Um, And then then, uh, after that, you have the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game. I mean, and then just another great game. Oklahoma gets up a little early. Oklahoma State comes back and uh, ends up beating them. Um, just, just a great day of Saturday football and kind of just reminded, reminded me and reminds you what college football is all about. It's, I mean, there's, you know, storm, you know, people storming the field, field rushing's going on. It's just like, man, are we ever going to experience like something like that again? I mean, there's teams out there that are teams like Purdue, Purdue, Purdue beat two top five teams this year. You know, I mean, when is Nebraska ever going to have a win again that, you know, you feel good about, you know, people, people are talking about, uh, it's just, I don't even remember the last one. It's probably the Michigan state game. What? Six years ago, uh, where we beat them on a, you know, an actual bullshit call. Yes, for sure. (laughs) But, um, but no, so, you know, it's good to, it's finally good to see the Nebraska season come to an end. Obviously we had made, uh, coaching changes, uh, going into the Wisconsin game during the bye week. Um, and we knew there was a bunch of shoes to drop. Obviously we're waiting to see who Nebraska would hire for those positions. And if, you know, Scott would finally 
hire a goddamn special teams coordinator. You know, you only lose two your last two games by special teams play. I mean, Wisconsin returns opening kickoff on you, and uh, and Iowa blocks a punt for a touchdown. So, um, so we knew there was going to be some shoes to drop. Obviously, coaching staff changes, and then the to me the million dollar question was what was Adrian Martinez going to do. Um, well, we finally got that answer this this last week, uh, and uh, Adrian's decided to enter enter the portal. Um, Zach, what's your just initial thought of uh, Adrian hitting the transfer portal? It didn't phase me at all. I'm, I I wasn't surprised. I mean, not right. not one bit. Um, I thought it was gonna, either going to be that, or he he was just going to hang it up for good. Um, yep. And so I, I'm I'm honestly happy for him. I don't blame him one bit. You know, I know he's right. taking a lot of heat here, um, and you know it's it's time for him to you know give himself a real shot somewhere else. And um, where he goes, we don't know. I know that K State was his first place he visited. Because uh, his girlfriend's down there, um, I, I've I've always said he's going to end up West Coast because that's where he's from. He's close with his right. dad. Um, I, I and my main school has always been Fresno State because, or at least this year, because they um, they're kind of an up and re up and coming program, and they've put they put some you know the cars into the NFL. Yeah, and he can go yeah. torch some whack, Adams, some whack no pun intended defenses. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, that's the conference for no, everybody out there listening. No, no, they're Mountain West, aren't they? Uh, well, no, I don't follow that much Fresno State football. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> you've been to a game there, though. Um, I have. It's the only. <laughs> it's the only road victory I've seen the Huskers have. I've, I've been to eleven road games, and the Huskers are one and ten. With the <laughs> only win being at Fresno State, also being the hottest game in the history yeah. of Nebraska, and football. it was like nine p.m. So. We we yes. hold uh, we hold Fresno State uh, true true to our heart <laughs> on this podcast. Right. But um, back to Martinez. So yeah, again, I don't blame him. Um, I I think it's probably a good move for him personally. You know, right with with Verduzco, uh, you know, being the one that kind of took him under his wing, unfortunately, um, and he's gone. So why not get a fresh start somewhere else? But. Yeah, hopefully he does well. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, this podcast really appreciates him and it's always been kind of a ride or die with him. So wish him the best and and good luck, Adrian. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm with you. I, I he made the right decision for himself and that's what I wanted to do, him to do. I wanted I want I actually want to see him see him go somewhere else and see if it's just a Nebraska thing or it is, you know, an Adrian Martinez thing. Um, I'd like to you know, people talk about different destinations for him to go, and you brought up Fresno State, K State, um, and Cal, it, Cal, Cal. You know, was, it's just he was originally committed there. You know that, and uh, in, in Tennessee, yep, is really, yeah. So I, I want to see him go somewhere, but I don't want to see him go somewhere like that. I want to see him go, elevate, not fucking w- whether Fresno State can beat Nebraska or not is irrelevant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, like. Cal, Nebraska to uh, Fresno State is a downgrade. I don't care how you cut it. I mean, again, it's a downgrade. And K State can probably beat Nebraska, but Nebraska to K State is a downgrade. <laughs> you know, those are those are just the facts. You know, I don't I don't care records or what. Those are just the facts. Those are downgrades. Okay. So I'd like to see. You know, I had texted you know in our group chain about him going to LSU uh, before all this LSU Nebraska connection started happening because I had watched their games. 
and I'm seeing, you know, Brad Johnson's boy out there. I'm like, Adrian Martinez is too, better yeah. than Brad Johnson. Yeah. And now there's rumors of him or Miles Brennan, the other backup at LSU, uh, potentially coming here. Mm-hmm. That's neither here nor there. But I want to see him go to a top 15 team. And people people act like, oh, well, you know, is a top 15 team or a top 25 team going to be interested in him? It's like, uh, how many yeah, have you seen? Does he have? I mean, you seen some of the fucking quarterback play out there? Like I said, did you watch LSU play this season? It was like a bunch, <laughs> a bunch of stud players out there at every skill position, and then you have a quarterback that's just absolutely horrendous. It's and like, you can't teach experience, right? I mean, I mean, these—he's obviously not going to go to these next two places, but just. For example, you don't think fucking Wisconsin would be a better team with Adrian Martinez as their quarterback? I, I heard Northwestern. I heard you don't think Iowa would be a better team with Adrian Martinez as their quarterback? Did you, you see those you two bums playing us? They had to bench the one that fucking. <laughs> they had to bench the guys playing us. I mean, uh, oh yeah, well, th- those aren't like desirable destinations for a QB transfer, though. No, I'm. It, because the, that other you aspects, go there to be a, a Q, you go there to be a game manager. The other aspect, it's because they've only had game managers. You saw the year they had Russell Wilson, Wisconsin. It's like you saw what he d- was doing. That was lightning. So, exactly. That's that could be Adrian. That could be Adrian. <laughs> Shit. Russell Russell Wilson was a three year starter at NC State and left and went to Wisconsin and fucking lightning in a bottle. Um, outside of you know Kirk Cousins beating him on a on a hell mary you recall that from Michigan state, but yeah. I want to see him go to a, a good program and see what he can do. Um, but I'm glad he, I'm glad he left. Um, and I'm glad for him and us. Um, obviously, as you said, this podcast is big Adrian guys, but it's just, you know, the definition of insanity you want to, I mean, mm-hmm. everybody wants to repeat, repeat that shit fucking every day, but it's, you know, it's also true. It's like, you can only run it back so many times, like running it back is like twice. Not five times, <laughs> you know, like, well, and you can't, you, you can't keep doing it. And to your, and to your point too, it's like Nebraska over the course of the last, what, 20 years, we've had four starting quarterbacks. It seems, right. I mean, we've had Taylor Martinez, Tommy, and then for a short time, Mr. Pick six. And then, and then we have Adrian. So, yeah. And you know, the, the fact that you bring this up, I had a good, good question for you. Um, just kind of out of the blue here. Um, I kind of wanted to play a quarterback version of fuck, Mary kill. Um, it's called start cut and bench. The quarterbacks are Taylor Martinez, Tommy Armstrong, Adrian Martinez, start one, cut one, or start one, bench one, cut one. What's what says, says you. Hmm. Um, gosh, that's tough. <laughs> I, I think start 2 a.m. Bench. Martinez cut Taylor. Wait, you had too many Martinez in there. Start Adrian. Start Adrian. That's what I said. Yep. Yep. And then bench Tommy. Oh, did I not Tommy. say Tommy? Uh, bench yeah, Tommy and then cut Adrian. Or no, cut uh, Taylor. God, you're just as bad as the fucking national guys. Fucking, I know, man. You know? God. <laughs> God damn, man. We, so confusing. we talk shit about these guys all the time. Why do they have fucking... to have the same last name? <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, no, last I'm, name too. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, yes, uh, I'm starting Adrian. I'm benching Tommy Armstrong, and I'm cutting uh, Taylor Martinez. And I think I think Taylor Martinez had the actually the best career, you know, just stats-wise, wins-wise. He had the best career, but – I just don't like guys like that. I don't like guys that aren't all in on team 
Um, the two things you can say about Tommy and Adrian are like those guys are going to put their bodies on the line for their team and are 100% were 100% bought in to Nebraska and their team uh, while they were here. Um, I I can get in the foxhole with guys like that. I can't get in the foxhole with guys like Taylor Martinez. That's uh, calling you know, his dad on the sideline, calling his dad at halftime, trying to transfer out to UCLA at halftime, uh, just being a bitch. You know, yeah. <laughs> just just being a bitch. So. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Yep. Uh, Adrian, Tommy and getting rid of, uh, Taylor. So, um, but you know, so we talked a little bit about the coaching, uh, the coaching situation here in Nebraska, we fired four, uh, offensive, uh, coaches. Um, and obviously we, I had some, my own parameters I was looking for, especially for like the, uh, offensive coordinator. Um, we went out and hired, uh, Whipple from, from Pitt. And just, you know, the first sniff test, um, one, I didn't know who the hell he was, never heard of him. Um, but just kind of going off of the things I was saying I, that I would be looking for in an offensive coordinator, he actually checks the boxes. Um, I was looking for a guy. three do, right? Yeah, so I was looking for an offensive coordinator that, one, um, wasn't 45 years old, you know, for him and Frost can have, you know, 64. contest to see who who can fit the bigger dip in their mouth, you know, at fucking over yep. lunch break or whatever. Um, so I wanted a grown a grown man a or an adult in the room. So I wanted an older person, a person that's been a head coach before. He checks that box. He was a head coach for UMass. And yeah. I wanted a guy that this wasn't the best job they've ever had. And <laughs> right now he's actually leaving a better job. He, mm-hmm. So he's he's in charge of a Heisman candidate who's coming back next year, uh, and uh, Kenny Pickett, and the top a top five offense in the country. So that pit. Offensive coordinator is a better job than Nebraska's offensive coordinator. So, um, so he checks three of the boxes I was looking for. So, with that, I like it. What would you? What do you know about uh, Mr. Whipple? Okay, so what I'm going to start with I'm going to start with my first nickname for him, and it's probably all of the other people's nicknames. Mark Whipple, the nipple. Um, yep. Classic. He was, he was also a two-year starting quarterback at Brown, so he's actually he, he's. He's a player, which which definitely helps. He's 64 years old, like you said. He's been coaching since 1980, and he's been in the NFL and then bounced back from NFL and college. So, right. like you said, like he's very very experienced, and he's he didn't not, have that Verdusco resume where he no. was like at Panera Bread Tech and yeah. Roast Beef University. He was actually at you know normal schools, yep. and he was with the Steelers for a little bit. Well, and you know, the first year he got the, uh, to to Pitt, like you said, uh, was Kenny Pickett's first year of starting, and he went from like three three thousand yards. He was like fourteen touchdowns, eight picks. Uh, took a little step back his second year with like twenty five hundred passing yards, and then obviously this year they won the ACC championship as Pitt, which is which is kind of crazy. Um, and he's developed Kenny Pickett, who right. I. I I didn't know he was coming back another year until you just said that, but into a Heisman front runner, you know, I mean, not a front runner, but a finalist. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, that, that tells you what you need to need to know. And he's going to be the OC and the QB coach. He's probably, he's going to be the one calling plays. Um, and like you said, I mean, he just, he doesn't, he doesn't fit the normal bill of what Frost had on his staff before. He's a mature yeah, no guy. no connection to Frost either. Exactly. He's a mature guy who has proven experience over time. He's, I mean, if you can coach UMass as a head coach, and he took them to a couple, couple or a few playoffs. Playoffs. And even uh, before that, he was in D2, uh, D1AA, uh, took his teams yep. to playoffs there. 
I mean, he he's he's like 140 and 105 um, as a head coach record. So he knows how to mm-hmm. win. Yeah. Um, but I think it's I think it's a really solid move. He's going to ground Frost a little bit. Um, but I mean, he's not going to be a yes man to him. No, he's not. And and if you look at look at the numbers here this year, so um, total yards in the season. Oh, actually, yards per game. You got Pittsburgh fifth. 500 yards per game passing. They were fourth in the country in passing yards, yards per game for sixth in the points, points per game. They were second in the, or no, no, actually it was uh, points total second in the country. So, I mean, he's bringing points from a school that's not traditionally known for scoring in Pittsburgh, who just elevated their offense to a, team that clearly needs offense. So I think it's a, yeah. I think it's a great hire. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a safe hire, I think. Yeah. You know, and outside of the offensive corner, obviously that was the big one. Uh, then Nebraska went out and got a new wide receivers coach and mainly a recruiter uh, and former Nebraska quarterback, Mickey Joseph, who was the quarterback for Nebraska in the early nineties. Um, I think 90 through 92 was his years. Uh, he was the starter before Tommy Frazier start uh, got in there who has previously been at LSU. Uh, the guy's a, known as a big-time recruiter and a big-time develop, develop guy. I mean, if you look at the, the wide receivers that have gone through LSU these last five, six years, um, you know, those are all accredited to, to him. So, um, you know, the Jeffersons and the uh, other Chase. guys that have been through. Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, big recruiter with Nebraska ties. Um, that's nice. And he has ties down to the Louisiana um, area. So obviously a very talent rich place. So I think that was a home run hire. Um, and then we went and got, uh, Donovan Royola, not, not Dominic, the former Nebraska center. Uh, we got his brother who currently is the, and an assistant offensive line coach for the bears. Um, and I, I think this is, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the Nebraska thing where, you know, you try to get a family member to try to maybe potentially lure another family member, you know, uh, you know, that's kind of the, the most Nebraska <laughs> like thing to do, over. you know, <laughs> exactly like you. Uh, so uh, Royola, for those that don't know, obviously he's the brother of the former uh, all American Dominic Royola um, who played at Nebraska center, played for the lions for 10, 10 years retired. Mm-hmm. Well, so Donovan Royola, who's was the, with, is with the bears coming to Nebraska, his nephew, uh, happens to be the number one rated quarterback in his class. Um, he's a big six foot five, strong arm kid. He's been here on campus a couple times, uh, Friday night lights and whatnot. And just, um, you know, as advertised, he's the number one quarterback in his class. Um, uh, obviously the big dogs are all coming after him. Nebraska, or <laughs> not Nebraska, um, Alabama, LSU, Old Miss, um, Texas A&M. He, I mean, he's got offers from every single school in the country. He's the number one rated player in the in the class, so um, I think this was kind of a hire to uh, potentially try to lure him here to Nebraska. But you know, he's only going to be in a, a sophomore this <laughs> this next season, so I don't know if that's going to pay off. Because uh, you know, in all honesty, if uh, things don't go so well this next year, this staff's all gone anyway. So yeah, um, but you know, he's got the pedigree. He uh, was an offensive lineman for Wisconsin. Three-time All Big Ten honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, he had a cup of coffee in the league. Um, played for the Omaha Nighthawks. All right, he did play for the Nighthawks. Yep, and uh, 
you know, he's got some NFL experience. So he's a former lineman. So he's going to, he's going to, you know, be able to uh, relate to everybody. And, you know, he's got a pedigree, his brother, you know, he played and then his brother was uh, all American, you know? So I think that's a good hire. Um, obviously we're still kind of waiting to see, I think we're going to be hiring that special teams coach, uh, Bill Bush, which I think is a home run hire. It just hasn't been fully announced yet, but that seems like the, the pick. So those were the four coaches. Um, to replace the four that left. One, and one I, quick I honestly, thing, Taylor. One quick thing yeah, about Mickey. One quick thing about Mickey Joseph is yep. I don't think a lot of people know that, but uh, he first started his coaching career at Omaha North. And, really? And so I think that might be kind of a big deal uh, because <clears throat> we're missing on so many of these Omaha recruits. Right. You can go yep. back. You can go back to Omaha and say, "Hey, I was I was here. Come play for us," because you know. Yep. I mean, we've seen all these great Omaha talents look at us leaving the and state go somewhere else. I mean, notably right. Noah Fant, you know, like, right. And then uh, the kid, uh, the, the receiver Keegan Johnson from, from Iowa, who's, who's yep. had a great Starting year. As a true freshman. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. I mean, that, that could, that could pay dividends as well. Yeah. No, Mickey Joseph is going to be a hell of a recruiter for mm-hmm. us. So um, I think we've already started to see, uh, you know, Nebraska's been hot on the recruiting trail, not like landing a bunch of guys, but we just got a, what, four-star guy today, a corner. Yep. Um, so it's um, it's it's going to be uh, exciting to see how this plays out, obviously, with the early signing period coming up here. Um, you know, Nebraska was planning on taking a smaller class, but uh, we'll see how they are able to round out this class. Um, but, you know, so Nebraska's open uh, coaching vacancies are basically filled. Obviously, we're still waiting to hear on Bill Bush that uh, I think we're all pretty sure that he's going to be the new special teams coordinator. Um, <laughs> oh, <Thank laughs> our fingers frosty. Thank God. He actually hires the guy. Uh, but you know, it's just in the grand scheme of college football, the coaching carousel um, has been as strange as I've, I've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have, you know, uh, the top name programs. We're not, not big name programs. I'm talking top name programs. I mean, coaching changes at, uh, Oklahoma, USC, Notre Dame, Miami, LSU, Oregon, and Florida. And this is the first time I've really seen where coaches are leaving big time programs for uh, big time programs that are losing, like uh, Lincoln Riley going from Oklahoma to USC. Like that's that's not an upgrade. I mean, Oklahoma is a, it's a top- life choice. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a life choice. Uh, you know, Oklahoma is a better team and a better program than USC. Um, and it's not like you're doing it for recruiting purposes because you are already pulling the top California recruits. Anyways, you had the number one California kind of quarterback already signed to you. Oh, they so, come now. Yeah. I mean, and they've already trained or, you know, <laughs> recommitted to USC. So I get it. So I don't really get the whole Oklahoma to USC thing. It's like, you know, it's like, Oh, you get to live in LA. It's like, I don't know if that's an advantage anymore no. these days. I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't want to get political, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. They pretty jammed up over there in, in California. So, and not to mention, you know, they're going to take about, you know, 60% of your money too. Yeah. Um, and then you had uh, um, Kelly leaving Notre Dame for LSU, which I kind of understand because, you know, Notre Dame, it's hard to recruit to because the, the standards are so high as uh, testing scores and grades and all this stuff so high. So you're going to be, have a little bit bigger talent pool you can recruit from at LSU, you know, that, they don't. They didn't come there to play school at LSU. Yeah, but <laughs> you know? his presentation and his opening uh, press conference was not great at all. 
Oh, you he didn't was, like that little twang he put? Yeah, in he's, there? Trying, he's trying to be Ed Orgeron. Like, <laughs> go Tigers, go yeah. Tigers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then uh, Mario Cristobal left Oregon for Miami once again, leaving a better program for a not good program. Um, I realize that he's from Miami, played offensive line for Miami, won two national championships there. Well, and Pitt just a, won the ACC. So, I mean, blood, yeah. blood in the water there. Yeah. Um, so he left, Chris Ball left uh, Oregon for Miami, and then Florida obviously fired their coach, uh, went and got the Napier from uh, Louisiana. So just the coaching carousel has been absolutely mm-hmm. crazy. Um, so <laughs> maybe Nebraska was lucky not to fire Frost this because uh, we would have been getting uh, – you know, not not second pickings, but about you know tenth pick. Yeah, well, I think so. that was, I think that was part of it too. I think Trev kind of saw yeah. writing on the wall there. What was interesting to me about the whole situation is James Franklin was the first one to actually make a decision, and everyone yep. had him like one foot out the door of Penn right. State, and then he signs a ten year ten year uh, extension, and then yeah. Mel and Tucker. Then, uh, Ooh. I was gonna say, yeah, but Michigan State when Michigan State went back the Brinks truck up to Mel Tucker's uh, house, and, and then you know what? Brinks blown off him just like we did against Ohio State when we extended Frost, which is funny. Yes, yes. Um, I'm, I've actually come around to Mel Tucker. Uh, I, I have coach. too. I like him. Yeah. Um, obviously, his uh, Ohio State showing was uh, <laughs> abysmal. I mean, yes. they bounced back and beat a, a good Penn State team the following week and finished ten and two. I mean, they were picked to finish last in the Big Ten, you know, preseason. Yeah. So for them to come out and uh, finish in the top 10, 10 and two, uh, says a lot about them, especially with all the turnover. I think they had 30 kids mm-hmm. uh, coming and going through the transfer portal, uh, about 20 going out and 30 coming in through the transfer portal. So the guy can clearly coach um, and obviously likes the flea flicker. He, he does. Play some Nebraska, I'm so. glad you mentioned that because I was going <laughs> to say so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, just kind of, uh, it's been, it's been kind of just a crazy season across college football that, you know, everybody kind of thought, uh, Georgia was the dominant team and then they went and got exposed, uh, against Alabama, uh, Alabama decided to put on their best game of the year. Um, so it's been, uh, you know, I hit been hearing a lot of, uh, you know, a Renaissance season, kind of like the 2007 season. If you remember back to that, that was, uh, the, the last season that was comparable to this where, you know, top five teams were getting beat every single week. So um, just been a lot, uh, it's, you know, outside of the Nebraska football aspect of it, it's been a great season to sit back and enjoy and just be a fan of college football. Um, Zach, you know, what kind of memorable moments do you have from, from the season? Well, um, a couple things. Outside just, of Nebraska. Yeah. Outside of Nebraska, we'll get to that one, but um, I don't know. There's been a lot of parody in the college football season, um, right. you know, just looking at the the top five from week four, as opposed to now where Iowa was like top five in the top five. It's like, okay, they're not a top yeah. five team. Let's all chill. Um, right. But, and, you know, and there's always kind of the storyline teams that, that uh, kind of guide you through the season. It was kind of the changing of the guard of Cinderella teams this year from coastal Carolina to, to UTSA meet me. Yep. Um, and then they unfortunately got beat, but they're, they're an awesome team to watch. Um, especially that one finish they had where they, they scored like on a two point conversion to win the game. But, um, one thing and horrible officiating all year from top to bottom. I mean, all time low it's, it's been really bad, but, uh, and then the transfer portal, as we've talked about, uh, just kind of, kind of continues to evolve and grow. 
Um, but the, the most memorable moments for me, um, one we kind of touched on, Michigan finally knocking off Ohio State in the Big Ten. Getting that and monkey off their back. I, I'm sorry. I kind of I kind of re-became a Jim Harbaugh fan this year. Right. He's such a good fit at Michigan. He really yep. is. Like the way he wears the, the blue and yellow and the glasses, like – I didn't want to mm-hmm. see him go. This was a make or break year for him, much like this will be for Frost this year, this upcoming right. year. It was good to see him kind of turn the corner and get things done. And now he's got everything in front of him. So it was kind of cool to see. And you could see like how happy he was when, when he won the Ohio state game and then, and then went on to win the big 10. But mm-hmm. one thing we haven't mentioned yet is the group of five finally getting into the, the college football playoff. Cincinnati. Cincinnati finally did it. Thank God we didn't have to play him last year because that would have <laughs> been a disaster. But I right. really, really love that Dylan Ritter kid as their quarterback. Man, he is right. He's he's a good dude. They did a special on him on College Game Day. He's got like a little girl. You and I know how how it is to be a girl dad. Um, yep. So kind of holds a special place in in my heart for him. But man, they they answered every bell, whether it's pretty or not for the last two years. And unfortunately right. for, or uh, unlike UCF, they actually got in there. And so uh, they do have to play Alabama, um, but mm-hmm. Alabama has been beat by AM, So you never know, but right. I don't know. It, it that, Those were the two like highlights for me for college football is Michigan finally getting over the hump and since, since making a good case for the expansion of the playoff. Yeah, uh, you know, for me, the just like you said, the parody, obviously, really enjoyed that. Um, <clears throat> finally seeing Michigan beat Ohio State. Um, I like both the teams, honestly, but I'm a Harbaugh. I like Harbaugh because I'm a 49ers fan, and he brought the 49ers back to prominence, so I always respect him for, for that. Um, and it's just good to see, you know, some parody in the Big Ten, you know. Um, it was just nice to see somebody else represent the Big Ten. So I'm definitely going to be rooting for Michigan hard in the uh, CFP. So, um, but for me, the, the, the moment that kind of just stuck with me, the top moment was, um, you know, you brought up the Alabama a- losing to A&M. Um, and there's that, there was that viral video of oh, yeah. the, the kickers, uh, the kickers family, his wife, his wife and his mom and dad, uh, you know, the Texas A&M kickers lining up for a game winning field goal against number one, Alabama. And this, there was a video of him, his family, his wife, he's married, uh, in the stands, just, you know, just being super emotional, you know, wife's crying and in tears and just come on, baby, you can do it. And then <laughs> the moment happens and, you know, to see your son, your husband knock off the number one team, um, just, just really, just, I don't know, really got me in the failures. You know, it's just like, that's, that's what college football is all about. Moments like that, you know, seeing your son, your husband, your, your fellow teammates step up and do something great. Cause you know, that's something that you talk about for the rest of your life. Uh, you remember that kick I beat Alabama with. So mm-hmm. um, just that video was uh, was probably the biggest – or not biggest moment, but uh, just something that will stick with me for this season. Um, if you haven't seen it, go out and go out and search it, and uh, it'll hard, be hard not to get you in your feelers. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty special. So just kind of, you know, simplifies exactly what college football is supposed to be about, you know, kids, kids making big plays and special moments for, for families. Um, you know, NFL, you know, professional sports don't seem um, like community. Like this seems like a community college football mm-hmm. is like a community aspect of things. So um, just really like that part. But um, yeah, that's, um, you know, 
it's it's been quite the season, and uh, you know I'm not sure how many more of these Nebraska ones I could take, but uh, um, college football itself is uh, at an all time high. I mean, it's you know I think a lot of people were sweating this you know NIL thing, and you know it's kind of played out how we thought. It's you know I think a lot of kids are realizing that uh, you're not as, you're not as profitable as you think. Yeah. You know, there's going to be three or four on each team, and everybody else is uh, you know getting getting nothing. So. Um, it's playing out how, how, how I guess I thought it would. Um, I think the transfer portal that you brought up, um, I'm fine with, you know, a one-time transfer or whatever, but there needs to be some rules, you know, mm-hmm. how, um, high school recruiting, they have a signing day. There needs to be like a signing day for transfer portal, um, people. So I'm sure it'll get refined and whatnot, but, um, it's, uh, college football is still great, man. Still the greatest sport on, on earth. And uh, I can't wait to sit back and watch the bowl season. There's not as many top games as I would like uh, across the bowls outside of the CFP, obviously. Um, You know, I kind of hate these bowl tie-ins, you know. It's like I think we need to take maybe the top 12 teams and just match them up against each other. Obviously, the four in the playoff or whatever, but um, I would love to see some some different matchups in bowl games, but – um, I'm excited to watch them, um, and then I'll be rooting for Michigan uh, come mm-hmm. playoff time. So, Zach, would you, would you kind of wrap up on uh, you know another 2021, not another, but uh, the 2021 season? I'll tell you after you tell me. But what was your uh, what was your best moment of the Husker football season? Um, well, it was it was with you. We went to the uh, Northwestern game together, uh, night game. You know, we broke out the new uh, fourth quarter. You know, thunderstruck. Um, you know, we had fucking great seats to the game. Um, went out and had had just a great day, great night. Uh, <clears throat> it's been a while since Nebraska went out and put yeah. a whooping on somebody. Um, so, in a season full of uh, not highlights, <laughs> um, <laughs> of lowlights of the Husker season, that was uh, that was a highlight. Uh, just yeah. going to the Northwestern game, experiencing that. I mean, a night game is just you know just amplifies the game day atmosphere. Um, so, and, you know, getting to go to the game with my co-host, uh, my yep. wife, my mother-in-law, fucking, uh, that was the highlight of the season for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote two things down. That was the first one. Um, All the right. second one was the, I mean, similar, but it was, unfortunately it was a loss, but the Michigan, the Michigan night game, ex- the, the atmosphere, the experience, like that was as rowdy as Memorial stadium has been in a long time because we knew what was on the line. I feel yeah. like that was just that two week stretch was, yeah. uh, you know, and I feel like I feel like the season really ended after that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, two week stretch of football, yep. you know, the Northwestern, the Michigan back to back night games. That mm-hmm. was uh, as good as it gets as far as uh, college football around here. Yep. Obviously, it would have been epic if Nebraska would have been able to finish that Michigan game off. But uh, atmosphere wise, yeah, can't beat it. I experienced can't every single emotion you could in that game. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. it was it was yep. it was quite the quite the trip, but um, yeah. Then the last thing last thing I'll say is I was I was listening to uh, something sports radio today, and uh, it's very comparable to where we're at as a Husker football program. But they said that some programs, unfortunately, build their found. You have to build a solid foundation to get to get right, and some programs are building their foundation on quicksand. And that's what Huskers have been doing for 20 years. And it's time mm-hmm. to actually start building it on some dirt. Yeah. 
I am agreeing with you. So uh, wrapping up another uh, great podcast season. Um, you know, I love just getting on here. It's just a nice hobby that we like to do. Nothing too serious. Get on here and talk some Husker football. So I uh, want to thank everybody that tunes in and listens. Uh, you know, these last couple of weeks that we took off uh, between games, you know, you kind of realize how many people <laughs> many people actually listen. I got a lot of <laughs> messages and text messages. Uh, hey, you know, are you guys not doing another episode? It's just, like I said, it's been rough to talk about these guys. So uh, we appreciate everybody that listens. Um, you know, this will be the last episode for the season. Uh, we'll touch back next, uh, maybe in the spring. Um, we will not be but, starting uh, in Nebraska Bowl um, podcast. No, my goodness. No, <laughs> my goodness. No. So, uh, you know, uh, personal side of things, uh, you know, big things going on for me and Mr. Zach. Zach just uh, moved, uh, built new, moved into his new house uh, and I transitioned to a new career. So, you know, big things happening in the, in the real world. Big <laughs> shit. Not, uh, caught. Yeah. So things are going great in the real world uh, as far as, <laughs> Husker football, not so much. So, <laughs> Zach, anything you got? That's it, man. Uh, thanks for listening and uh, go GBR. Yeah, yeah. No matter what, go big red forever. Thanks for listening. This is the Big Red Revival.